0: Welcome to the XR Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Diana Olenik, and on this show, we dive into the cutting-edge worlds of XR, Web3, and Artificial Intelligence with the brightest minds in the industry, bringing you exclusive insights and game-changing conversations that will revolutionize your understanding of the future. Our guest today is a trailblazing expert. We're speaking about Marcus Siegel. Who is an experienced and dynamic executive with a passion for scaling consumer facing product companies from startup to IPO. As CEO and co-founder of Forever Games, Marcus leads a diverse and talented team of gaming veterans and imagineers in the goal of translating the most popular and classic IRL games into immersive virtual reality experiences where friends and families of all ages, abilities, and geographies can connect and have fun. Marcus has also served in mentor and partner roles at UpShift Capital, YC, and Google Launchpad, and spent more than seven years in executive roles at Singa Scaling iconic games like Works with Friends and Farmville. I'm super excited to be recording this episode today with Marcus. I can't wait to begin. Let's do it. Thank you so much, Marcus, for being here today. I'm super excited. How is everything going in California right now?
1: I mean, really, Diana, I have nothing to complain about. I live at the beach and I make video games as a job. Um, You know, I played a lot of games when I was a kid. My parents thought I was wasting my time. I mean, maybe I was. But it's all, all's well that ends well.
0: Wow. I'm super excited. Like you have some, such an amazing background because, of course, you've been creating all of this company and people love your experiences, everything that you create. So please let us know, actually, how did you get started? What is your background about and why it take you or let you to create forever?
1: Well, sure. I, I started off my career in TV and film um, when I was in college. And I got out of college, and I started making TV shows for the History Channel and A&E. I did special effects in some pretty bad movies, like Beastmaster 3. Somehow the uh, the Academy ignored that straight-to-video masterpiece. Um, when the Internet uh, became real, consumer Internet became real, I moved to Silicon Valley, and I really wanted to be a part of what was next. And then, you know, I worked at a a startup called emusic.com. We were the first startup to sell downloadable music and pay artists the royalties. Then I got into, I had a brief foray into B2B and I did a payment startup. And then I joined Zynga. And, you know, I was pretty early there. And I was a part of the creation of a whole new uh, genre of gaming, of social games. And I got to see the power of of gaming as a pursuit you know, I got to see what happens when grandparents and grandchildren play games together. Um, You know, Words with Friends, for instance, or Farmville. And I got to see it strengthen bonds. And, um, you know, it was such a phenomenal experience that I really just fell in love with games and gaming and the pursuit of bringing people together in fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounds amazing. I think that you, like, by what you mentioned, you also had it seems like always this interest personal interest in creating yourself you know in in the entrepreneurial life what particularly took you always in that direction
1: god, sometimes i oh my god if i had just been a lawyer uh <laughs> but but no i i've i've always loved the idea that life can be this great adventure you know entrepreneurship's not for everybody and yeah. some look some people entrepreneur they create within the companies that they're in. Some of the greatest innovators out there, you know, work for Apple and Google. And I don't mean to to imply that you can't be a creator wherever you are. But an entrepreneur gets a hold of an idea and they can't let it go. I don't really feel like I have a choice but to work on things that I'm passionate about. In life, you can fail doing something that does not fill you with joy uh, or you could work on things that do fill you with joy and maybe it'll work out uh with your startup or maybe it won't but at least you will have worked on things in your life that you really care about.
0: Um, Absolutely. Um, I love that, that.
1: That's what lights me up. You know, I mean, yes. when I'm not when I'm not working I also, you know, like I worked for Y Combinator and Google Launchpad and I love working with startups and and entrepreneurs um you know, we're we're a, a special group of of women and men who are forging ahead, you know, or changing the world.
0: Yeah, I really want to highlight when you mentioned that we know the technicals are there. We know that, you know, all the knowledge is there, like with all of these globalized work. But that attitude is what new generations as well need. That attitude of when you mentioned that you were there, by you know where you live and that you were creating games at the beginning i can see that philosophy there as well i say as long as we live our lives as if we are the artist that is creating and gets all the energy and the fulfillment from when we are creating then the life will continue to unfold with more exciting things rather than necessarily I'm going to create this startup just because there is certain things that are outside pressuring me to do it rather than, you know, like the own or our own creation. So thank you so much for sharing that. So how sure. were the beginnings of forever?
1: So basically it was, it was during the lockdowns mm-hmm. when um, the idea came to me. Um, I had no idea how long the lockdowns would last or when a vaccine might come, but I thought, wow, I sure do um appreciate the sense of presence that exists in VR. You know, the ability for me to put on this headset and then meet up with somebody and have it feel like we're in the same room, even though we're isolated and and you know hundreds or thousands of miles apart. And so, what I thought VR needed. So the headset prices had come down considerably. They were then down around six hundred dollars for maybe the the Quest One and some of the Vi- and the Vive. But I knew that a less expensive device was coming and there was momentum in the space. The Quest 2 had not yet been announced, but I had a feeling um, that something less expensive was coming and I thought, wow, this could really be it. But what does VR need? What's wrong with VR? So this is a couple of years ago. And back then there were not a lot of games and the, the a lot of the games caused kind of nausea. Um, they weren't accessible. So imagine you've got this headset on And now you can't see where your fingers are on the controller. So learning a new controller, as anyone who's got an Xbox or PlayStation knows, they don't change (laughs) a controller very often because it's, you're just moving very fast, but you're in this immersive space. You can't really see which finger is which, which button is X and A or B. And so I thought, what if I bring games that exist in real life that people know the rules to already that you can play with one finger? one controller button, pick any button, and you can pick up the bowling ball with that button. And so that you could get into the game and be having fun within the first minute of play. And so I thought, I want to bring that to VR. I want to bring the kinds of games that will make it possible to sell pallets of headsets at Costco. You know, I want to make games that grandparents can play with their grandchildren. Like, you know, my dad can play, who's 83, can play with his nephew who lives on the other side of the country. They can meet up and go Mm -hmm. bowling on the moon. And that was kind of my vision for it. And I remember how powerful Wii Sports was. And I thought that's what VR needs. VR needs kind of a Wii Sports type collection of experiences.
0: Yeah, definitely. I can see how it says for VR becoming the Wii Sports of VR. And uh, people is very excited. Of course, I read all the stuff that people is saying. You have for VR ball, for VR darts, for VR Cornhole, four vr pool. Cool. Which one of these ones is your favorite one, and why? Oh, kind of difficult. You're gonna get me in trouble. you gonna get yeah. me in
1: trouble with the people on my team.
0: Yeah. Like I, I'd, say, <laughs> I, yes. I'd
1: say it's right now. Mm-hmm. It's right now. It's pool. Um The thing about all of our games is they have an arcadey kind of feel, like mm-hmm. Wii Sports, but they also have a high skill ceiling. So we have easy, medium, and hard in in all of the games, and then the more you play, you actually get better. And so we most recently launched Pool, and so I spent a lot of time in that game. And so that's currently my favorite game, but we've got more games coming, and so I just kind of get really into whatever's the most recent game.
0: Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So when creating the game, what is your part in that? Because I imagine you might have developers, you might have designers, you might have – what is what doing in all of this? <laughs>
1: just thinking if they were to describe me, maybe pain in the, uh, pain in the butt. Um, but Uh basically I I play builds and I provide a lot of feedback, creative inspiration in the game design document stage. Mm -hmm. Um, really thinking a lot about how to connect people, how to create moments that are shareable, um, what we can do to appeal to a broader demo. Uh, does it pass my uh gen x user interface test because if it, <laughs> if i can't figure out what to do then what hope does anyone older than me have and so you know vr is still in its in its early nascent stages i mean there's somewhere between you know 15 and 20 million headsets out there not sure how many active headsets out there because uh you know there's no data but it's very early days. And so making games that are really playable, that people can get into the fun really fast is, is a big part of my focus.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. I know that like creating all of these games, of course, it, it, it entails like a lot of challenges, a lot of what have been the main challenges in terms of the production of these games. I, it, I I'm sure it might have been many. But which one is something that you remember that, wow, this one was a complicated one. Well,
1: okay. So there's sort of, there's sort of two levels here. There's one, which is creating a a whole company during a lockdown (laughs) where, you know, fortunately I've been able to hire some people that I've worked with before, which is great, but most of the people on the team had never met them in person when I hired them.
0: Amazing.
1: yeah and you know we had to scale up and and you know we've put four games out in a couple of years wow. in VR which is very immersive and so i think that building a team that where i love to come to work every day even though we don't get together for lunch and in the office all the time and building a distributed team that people love working for i think that's been an interesting challenge i don't know i it's hard for me to say it was it was hard um but it was it did require more effort than uh than in a non-distributed team. From a game perspective, I think the most challenging thing is striking this balance between people that want a hardcore simulation of a VR experience and people that want to have the feeling of joy of being good at something. So you know, take bowling for example. So when we first shipped our bowling game, we we really put it out there to create the best bowling simulator on the planet. Mm. We had professional bowlers play it. I mean, we really got bowling. And guess what? Real bowling's hard. I mean, in real life bowling, I'm lucky to break 100. I really stink. Or maybe I don't stink. Maybe I shouldn't say that because I'll offend people that don't ever get above a 50. But it is that hard. Bowling is hard. And bowling in VR where you don't have the weight of the ball, and I mean all of it, and you know putting spin on it, and we basically launched that game, and people there was another game out there, um also a good bowling game, but it it's not as visually beautiful as our game, um but the throw is very corrected and I, on in our game, I would bowl like a hundred to a hundred and twenty, and in their game, I'm bowling at two forty. I can throw the ball over my shoulder, everyone's having a blast. And so we had to decide, like, wait a minute, what do we do here? Mm -hmm. Do we change the throw and piss off all these people that love this authentic throw? Like, what do we do? But it ended up leading us to this place of making an easy medium and hard mode. And oddly, no one plays the hard mode. (laughs) Everyone Mm -hmm. wants to just get strikes and bullseyes and, you know, all of that. So striking that balance between how seriously to take each kind of complaint or suggestion that comes in from a user.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Also, another aspect is this in-engine retention, like making sure that it is difficult. It seems so easy when you see the product that is finished, but in the creation is how we can make people to enjoy the experience in a way that they want to play more, (laughs) right? Yeah. Um, I, I how think did VR, you come up uh, with right? that good, good feature in your games?
1: Well, I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges, and I, I know a big part of, of your audience are people that are aspiring developers and entrepreneurs looking at XR, AR, VR, uh, MR. Um, and I can tell you this, we're still at the stage where people, the majority of headset owners do not put this device on their head every day. You know, it's, it's not a daily for most yeah. people. For, for young people where maybe that's their only game console, then they might put it on every single day. Sports is a category. It's more oftentimes it's a weekly habit. Um, some, for some people it's daily, but a lot of people it's weekly. Um, and you know, we were okay with that, you know, but we do face that challenge where people have to remember to put this thing on and remember to seek out your app. It's not like, you know, this bad boy. That mm-hmm. is in my hand all the time. And the I, time. I, I recently bought an Apple watch because I was spending too much time looking at my phone <laughs> and I thought that would help. And now I'm just spending too much time looking at my watch. Um, <laughs> yes. So I think that that's, um, you know, something that we have to think about as makers mm-hmm. is, you know, how do we create something that people remember?
0: Yes. And come yes. back
1: to again and again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think that, um, for, whoever is uh, listening or watching also actually getting into the experience of going and bowling and playing the arts, the cornhole pool. Actually these words that Mark are saying is that's where we can see them actually, like what type of features are used there or what type of things are used in order to um, invite people. And, Right now in this, in these times, you know, there is a topic that is hot right now, which is AI. So I wanted to ask you if there is any, uh, I don't know if at the moment you're using any of these systems, but have you thought about using some of these um, technologies as well for your games or you're using them right now? Um, AI? Well,
1: I mean, I think that we have, I mean, we have, you know, algorithms that can detect when Mm -hmm. users are getting stuck. And things like that in games. Yeah. But as far as like some of these beautiful, um, art generators that are out there, they're not yet ready for VR. So mm-hmm. the, you know, VR is a particular, uh, kind of game making. It works okay, you know, for 2D, uh, for 3D less so, so far. Um, mm-hmm. but it's great for making pitch decks and doing concept work. Um, it's been absolutely phenomenal for that. But I think it's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm a believer. Uh, I am blown away by chat GPT and it's, I mean, we're already living in the greatest era of entrepreneurship in the history of humankind. I think, I mean, mm-hmm. if you think about how many businesses are created, how many apps are launched, um, how many people are going for it now, I don't believe there's another time in human history that, that we've seen this and it's just getting started. And so, you know, I think that. AI has the potential to unlock even more entrepreneurship. It's an accelerant on entrepreneurship. I don't think it replaces it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely for, we're seeing just so many changes and so rapidly. And I guess that companies, um, applying this, even, you know, just from the business point of view are starting to see good uh, results in terms of optimization, et cetera. I was wondering about more like the infrastructure and for data, analyzing data from users and all of this. But in the future, that might be maybe that might be a companies. It could be.
1: It could be. It could be a big part of our story in the future.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, right now, we're finding the fun in a couple of new games, which I can't tell you about yet but
0: um wow.
1: but i'm excited about them but for us it's you know so much of what we're creating is is visceral so it's like nice. i'm mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm creating this this pool game we have a physics engine then we actually just put on the headset and we play a build and it's like okay does this feel right does it look right mm-hmm. and then we make you know changes in the at the engine level um and tweaks in order to get to an optimized performance and we'll test put in different ranges and test it if we had ai then maybe we would just put it out there and have a bunch of players play and just have it adapt to how many people sink shots in the shorter amount of time. But even that, I don't know that that would be better at first because no two people throw a bowling ball the same way, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for explaining that. Um You have something interesting as well that I found, which is something called pass and play mode how was creating that and uh please let us know what, I- well, what you what do you mean
1: that's that's the brother sister feature so um you know a lot of people don't have two heads you know for there's a a couple of little kids and they have to share a device mm-hmm. that might yeah. be a nightmare for parents right they're they're <laughs> like my turn my turn and it's like yeah. actually <laughs> hey i'm putting this on mm-hmm. and i'm going to you know bowl uh, a few frames and now in the game it's like pass the pass the headset to the other player and then you just put it on your little sister's head, and then it's her turn.
0: That's and, awesome.
1: Yeah, that's what Pass and Play is. It's yeah. It's basically for people to share a headset in the same space. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually, these things, the cost is going to keep going down. And, you know, we're already seeing people use these headsets as second screens. It's kind of like having an IMAX in your house. You know, you just sit there and watch a movie in it. And, you know, uh, Netflix and Amazon are really popular, Hulu. There, you know, people have a lot of uses for these devices beyond gaming.
0: Mm -hmm. So is there multiplayer in your games?
1: Oh yeah. You know, you and I could meet up and play and Mm -hmm. the sense of presence in VR right now is, is pretty remarkable. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that Meta has been given a lot of flack for where their avatars are now. Um, as a person who's built a company using software that they've created. I'm like, okay guys, you know, take it easy. They are losing money on this and they're trying to push something forward. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would, we could either have no avatars or have work in progress avatars. And so the avatars are so, um, people may not love, uh, how they look or, or whatever, but the feeling when you're in a room together is so compelling mm-hmm. that if I stood too close to you, you'd be like, whoa, man, Take a step back. Like you're <laughs> close talking me. Mm-hmm. Um, you can high five and sparks fly out. And I mean, there's all sorts of fun that you can have with your friends or, or make new friends and, or bring your family together and play. And that's really unique to VR that isn't possible in a um, PlayStation yet. They've got their own headset coming.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So, um, you know that in the games, there might be, sometimes a strategy is to actually make people celebrate or, you know, like rewards. What have been the most effective reward systems that you've applied that people actually, you can see that they, they are, re, re, you know, respond well to them.
1: Well, um our players are collectors. And so our mm-hmm. bowling game has, over 200 different bowling balls and they're really fantastic. Like they're really wild and like plasma ball. And there's, you know, balls that have fish swimming in them. And there's, you know, all, all of, all of these sort of fantastical Mm. balls and each of them has its own properties. So you'll figure out which ones are best for you. And then we also have environments to play in that'll blow your mind. And so Mm -hmm. each of these get unlocked. Mm -hmm. So the more you play, the more coins you get, the more coins you get, the more things you can go shopping for. And that's going to expand in avatar clothing and all sorts of things like that.
0: Uh But right
1: now you can basically in, in all of our games, this is the case. So in pool, cornhole darts, there's, you know, like a hundred different 50, 50 pool sticks at this point, but there's going to be more and there's different felts and different things that you can do that you could unlock by playing more. And that seems to be what, what people enjoy.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think that one of the things that I mostly appreciate about this medium VR is the fact that you can be in another place in another country. As I have friends in other countries, and you can have an experience together as if we were closer. I think that this is magical. There is nothing that is there is no 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 uh, um, discussion there, and I wanted to acknowledge, you know, like bringing this amazing tool. One of the things that I want to also say is that going to a store in Oculus, I've had ch- challenging times trying to find experiences that are multi-user. There are not so many of them. There are some that seem nice that you want to try, but not multi-user. Is Why is the reason for that? Why is that it's difficult to find experiences that are multi-user in VR?
1: Um, Well, I mean, I think that there's – it's interesting because there's the number one complaint – the number one complaint in VR when anyone plays a multiplayer game is, hey, there's not enough people to play with. Mm-hmm. They want to make new friends, but they just haven't sold that many headsets yet in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I think that developers have this challenge of do I focus on a really great single-player game mm-hmm. or do I invest in the multiplayer experience? Knowing that there may not be a great deal of player concurrency when I first launch. So especially when you first launch a game, you have zero players on day one. You have zero active players.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? <laughs> and so hopefully your game takes off and then you have a significant number of active players. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're all playing together in all of our games. Um, you, we have single player and multiplayer. And you have the ability so, like, you and your friends could get together and set up a private room, and you could all play together.
0: Mm Yeah. Yeah, amazing. But, I I mean, you know, as
1: I made social games for years, and so I didn't really see another way to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, when you mentioned, like, you are facing the situation that you're going to, like, launch the game, and maybe for some developers at the beginning, they might not have all the infrastructure, what would be an advice for them just to kind of closing uh, the the podcast today? What would be your advice for when someone is facing this stage where how can I make now to grow a community around a gaming experience?
1: It's really tough. I'd say, you know, in mobile in particular, launching a new game right now it's like putting a grain of sand on the beach and hoping a million people find your grain of sand every day. I mean, it is really hard. Distribution's yeah. never been more challenging for a game in mobile um than it is today. Uh It's not as crowded in VR and AR yet. Mm-hmm. Um That doesn't mean it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your passion is in creating these immersive experiences, just assume that, you know, you're just going to keep learning and getting better at it. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. everyone's, not every, not everyone's first game's a hit. Um Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, you just kind of decide I'm going to keep on going on this Mm -hmm. and just know that, that really the outcome, it's, it's great when you have a great outcome, Mm -hmm. but the experience is a learning experience. You know, if you just focus on the outcome and not the experience, then you're missing the whole thing.
0: Yeah, amazing. I'm just going to formulate some of the last very, maybe couple, like the last question, maybe. I wonder if you, this is an unusual question and maybe we're going to use this as well in the up, upcoming digital publication, which is not just the podcast, but also the magazine. If you were, if, if the, if the earth were in a very, very difficult situation at the moment, And there was only a book for the new generations that had, you know, something about your life or some legacy. What would be the title of this book? That you leave for coming generations.
1: Okay. So you're saying, so, so, and this is a situation where you're saying the earth is in a dire place and someone wants to read a book about me.
0: That means things
1: have become very dire. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, the Arizona situation that is, uh, you know, difficult, but there are some humans that need to, you know, uh kind of begin a new generation, let's say. But they need they have a legacy from you. What are we this book about?
1: Wow. Um see, I I I've have, I've have two titles in mind. Um Desperation is an Ugly Cologne and Other Lessons from a Long From a Life Well Lived uh, is one, uh, and the other one might be like, uh, get rich or go bald trying. I don't know. Uh, I just would hope that if I created a book that it would, um, bring people laughter and inspiration and yeah. perseverance mm-hmm. because, you know, um, I don't know. I have a friend who is a, a practicing stoic and his, he has an app and every day at random times in the day, it just sends him a text message that says, you're going to die. Just to remind him to focus on the most important things.
0: Amazing. And
1: I, I don't do that to myself, but I do wake Mm -hmm. up in gratitude. Yeah. And so, you know, for all of you who are slugging out 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 there in entrepreneur land, um, hey, there's going to be good days and bad, but remember, it's a privilege to get to work on what you want. Yeah. There's the vast majority of humans on this planet do not have Mm -hmm. a choice. And they work on things for a variety of reasons. Mm -hmm. And you, my friends, have made a choice. It's a bold choice. It may not always be an easy choice, Mm -hmm. but um, good for you.
0: Absolutely. I'm super, super excited with how we're closing this episode. It's amazing because it's all rounded. We go through entrepreneurship, also a little bit of the gaming and all your experience with that. And also the personal side, which is super important. I really, really love the reminder that your friend hands in the phone because I'm that type of person. Like I'm always into, into this thinking of, oh, this is so unique, this experience of being here on the earth and being here and present and existing is so unique that I'm so grateful for that. So thank you so much for bringing that. Hopefully we extend this energy and these uh, thoughtful reflections to everybody who is listening or watching this episode. Super excited with you, Marcus. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: My pleasure to be here. And I will send you some game codes for you to share with your audience.
0: That would be amazing. Thank you so much. And we'll keep you posted. Please follow all the accounts forever because they are coming up with super exciting stuff, which Marcus doesn't want to say yet because it's going to be very, very good. <laughs> so, yeah, we're excited, Marcus. We're going to be following you and following everything that is happening forever. And, uh, we'll be playing your games. Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much Bye. for your time okay. and, uh, have an amazing day. Bye. Bye.